Welcome to Blight and Boon. This is episode 7. In this episode Andrew and Dan play a game and focus on the new powers of Frank Gosh, Titus, Mornblade and Rodri. Brighton Boone, episode 7, a podcast described by some as being unlistenable. But they have to listen to know that, so... Still a sweet, sweet rating. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Dan. We've played a game of um, God Tier, which is kind of what we do when we record episodes of this podcast. That's what I assume you want to listen to. Hopefully the audio is at least half listenable. We've, we've changed our studio from by the table to the sofa. I'm not allowed near tables. You bang too much. I'm um, just an expressive person. So... We can't do anything about Aspie talking or being English, though. That's kind of locked into us. So, this is a game played with the version 0.8 rules. Assuming that's the newest version. He says. Well, they still haven't versions on the cards yet, have they? Please, if anyone from Steamforged actually still listens to this um, podcast after six, seven episodes of unlistable content, please could you put the version numbers in the cards? Pretty please. Because <laughs> we often take them out of the sleeves and then forget which ones we took out. Because. And it'd be really helpful. Please put the numbers on. Please. Anyway, um, we played a game of God Tier. We played the um, Decay scenario. Um, what do you think of that scenario, Dan? Um, I think it's a good one. I think it spreads out the action quite nicely. Or it certainly makes it not just in the middle of the board. I think it's I think it's very painful for winning the first turn. Um, it seems to really... The, the first turn in God Tier seems to be really, really negative to win actually um, in general it's it's a hard one um, but that's because mine and Andrew's games never go beyond turn three. <laughs> no they don't tend to um, I really like Decay as a scenario I think it's my favourite one I really like how the hex removal in turn two especially turn two is quite a big swing can be quite a big swing it, I think it's a huge swing but that's the whole turn one weirdness yeah kind of that's a bit strange isn't it'd be it? interesting if it were I, mean, I might try and play the version where it's a bit random to which hex disappears instead of the loser picks or the loser picks in a random zone you want to just change the rules yeah do we have the power yes cool we actually do um, then again I think um, one of the growth features that I liked before was that when you lost a turn you removed hexes and banners went with them but banners now always go yeah so looking at the um, the new banner rules if people aren't aware I'm sure you all are listening to this, um, this podcast you probably you know at least read the rules Maybe you haven't. Um, you place banners in your in your turn in the plot phase, and in the past, when they were scored, they kind of stayed there, which meant we often um, we often did sort of the t- sort of tactic of well, I guess killing the ball, but it's not killing the ball; it's killing a banner, putting a banner kind of near your own deployment zone, with often with shifting powers to move it there, like wave move it and so on, and then it was parked as effectively three steps every yeah. turn and, and you, now when you score with them they go so what do you think of that I think it's a good change it certainly made the game much I'd say that no, I was going to say the game is much fightier 
Um, however, in our game, we didn't actually have two of the main Banneri players, so we didn't have Shale, um, which has to cloud our judgment a bit. However, I think the idea that you don't just have somebody who sits there guarding a banner means everyone now gets a bit more involved and everything's a bit clear and it's not just about who gets to play the banner first and who gets I think it makes it more dynamic well I don't know if that's the right word because it used to be movement was key to get in there and crush people's banners now you can let a banner be scored see that's oh I see yes okay I was thinking a bit more of you can't camp around a banner no that's very true but now you can concentrate and you can go well I'm not going to crush that banner but I can beat this turn by killing people and that, then that banner placement is wasted, wasted. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so it gets back to the first turn. If you don't want to win the first turn, don't place the banner on the first turn because it's not going to beat you very Not much at all, in uh, fact. And placing a banner early used to be really powerful because you didn't have to do that again. It means you do less in the plot phase now. Um, so the game we just played, looking at some of the, um, the sort of points we should be covering, our game went to turn three. It was um five one um, VP, uh, so turn two. Sounds and, terrible. But the thing is, like a lot of games, <laughs> like Guild Ball, those who've played it, it's the score didn't determine how close it was because in reality, if you get one champion kill when you shouldn't, and you win turn three when you might not have done, it could have been like you know. I, I like the third seven two one three two rather than. But yeah, five one. Um and. There was a fair few. There was a few follow knockouts, wasn't there? Here and there, followers were killed, weren't they? There were some follower kills on both sides. Yeah, followers were killed, and they were often often using like a tie break to try and swing the turn towards you. If a step here or there can be very significant, and a few games we've played recently, I think follower knockouts have featured in securing a turn win. Yes, it's very much so. We've definitely seen that turns, except for this one turn in this game, we'll tell you about later, um, are won by one or two points, which is really hard to use. Two steps, steps, point steps. It is important. Um, one or two steps, which means using followers to block off champions is a very much 50 50 chance of you actually helping. Because if they spend their two turns getting two steps, killing two followers, that actually can be good enough. Yeah, um, and there was um, there was claims on both sides. Both sides had claims, and um, and both sides had um, captures. I think it's a pretty equal mix of points, actually. It was, actually, yeah. This so. game was slightly more killy to champion. You were playing two slayers. And turn three, I was basically one banner down in terms of um, capture points at the end of the turn, which means I had, I had to top up my step score by doing knockouts. And because I knew I couldn't get to, the, to your banners to crush them, I knew I had to sort of make it the difference. Mm. So, the, you know, that just backed into it. Uh, so I think, if, I think it had the balance between banner scoring and knocking out fairly well yeah no I agree I agree I didn't on a personal note I don't enjoy the counting steps six steps I need to get I think that's a feature isn't that a feature of the game though isn't it I'm allowed to not to like a feature of a game <laughs> fair enough um, and that's not <laughs> one I'm a fan of it is a feature of the game it's never going to change if you don't like that and it's a, it's a, it's a thing well, maybe God's here may not be great for you. Are um, you telling yourself on your own podcast you should be playing the game? No, 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 no. no. I'm saying... If he walks a, off, that's it, no <laughs> <see> the <again. laughs> If it's a deal breaker for you, that's, I think it's a fundamental part of Guild. Um, God's God here. Um, but it is not my favourite. But then again, every game I play has something as my Yeah, favorite. yeah, sure. Um, so, on my um, on my team, I had... It wasn't on purpose, actually, but it ended up being a double slayer build 
So I had um, Rangosh, Lorzane, and Titus. Uh, you kind of picked your side first, didn't you? But I didn't really pick my side against you as such. No, I picked the first, I picked two champions and you picked me. But I, yeah. did, I didn't want to have Wraith Marid and Shale. So this is the first game I think I've ever played without those two on the on the on the um, on the battle. Yeah. Um, and it's probably the first gate time I haven't used Wraith Marid in like five six games. I missed them. It felt really weird. Like I'd like walk walk up the field rather than teleporting around. It didn't didn't like it at they all. Didn't have a banner sword turn one. Very strange. Yeah. Then again, now it's less of a deal when now the banner stabilizes yeah, again. That is very, um, very true. And so you had Blackjaw, Rodri, and Mournblade. So no. So you had um, Rodri in the middle. You had Blackjaw to one flank and Mournblade to the other. I had Lorzain in the middle, so her range could kind of ping off if she wanted to. I had. Um, Black, um, sorry, um, Rangosh in my centre, roughly on the side of Blackjaw and Titus, kind of against Mornblade. Um, first turn, people were going to move forward. That was really it, wasn't it? Yeah, everybody kind of assured. I, I, I think I fireballed a bandit. You win the first turn, didn't you? The first turn. Yeah, because because you made me go first, um, but you win with it. You win with the steps from um, Blackjaw's and fireball. Turn two. I thought, let's try this idea out. And what I tried out was in the plot phase, before he even activated anyone, because that's how it works, the plot phase, um, Rangosh uh, used his ultimate, moved forward into Rodri and did to him two wounds. Because that's why in the first turn, Rodri taking one wound yeah. from, a, from a piercing shot um, from Lorzane. And that meant he had taken three wounds total. So Lorzane, in the plot phase... Um, moved within range of Rodri, automated him, took him out, knocked him back two spaces. So to put this into context, in one plot phase, Andrew had cl- uh, claimed a banner, with, um, planted the banner with uh, with, with um, gosh killed Rodri, and more importantly, pushed him back two squares, um, and used Titus power to push all his dwarfs back two spares, two hexes. Ow. Is all I can say to that. Yeah, so um, that really locked horrendous. it really locked out um, Rodri for at least a turn, arguably for most of the game. Arguably the game because it lasted another turn after that. Um, Mornblade moved up and planted a flag at range, um, and Titus um, used his followers and kind of used them to jump over. Well, that's it. You, you pushed Rodri back and then made a wall of followers. So in this game, we had a lot more followers on the table, probably because we weren't using like Shale and Anslide and we weren't using Red Marid. And so there was a lot of followers being used as kind of walls. So we had lots of like, sort of like walls and channels of followers and kind of like, almost like the followers were the terrain themselves. Um, so next turn, Titus... Which if oh, you, I'm sorry. going to say, so if you're using followers a bit like that, um, Titus's followers actually pack a real punch you being used like that. Um, their surround powers means only one of them can actually do it. Normally when one follower attacks a champion, they do very, very little. Um, so yeah, so what his followers can do in the um, in the uh, plot phase, they can use outflank, where they basically hit a, a target, actually six, doesn't do any damage, but models from hex attacked can then effectively move to any hex adjacent to the target. So they can kind of teleport as long as they're still adjacent to the target they hit. Um, so they can kind of go over your lines, which links to their power in the clash phase, which is surround pound, which is always actually three and then it's three four five damage and they get one more accuracy and damage dice for every follower from their unit that is also in a hex next to the champion so if they surround someone they get obviously a dice per bonus hex surrounding you 
at one point they attack later on in the game we were jumping around here long, but later on in the game they attacked Wadri yeah I think four of them surrounding him in four separate hexes and give him a good attack yeah. I mean, it didn't do very much but, but it was still I, I think it showed shame. out the, the idea of what it could do compared to the orcs were spread around the operators are going to be well and I think followers in this version of the rules their attacks seem a lot more meaningful very much so not overpowered to say but certainly more meaningful yeah well you the elves were very good yeah so should we go to the turn two then to turn two I did that to you in plot phase uh, yeah you're fo- you're using your um, you're using your followers for Mornblade quite a lot to be adjacent to my champions, especially Rangosh. So yeah, they were move. doing pretty well jamming things up. Um, I used my red bandits to ping some wounds onto Blackjaw. Yeah, you spiked to roll pretty hard, and they actually did really well. Yeah, I think they did two or three wounds of Blackjaw, and then Law Zane finished them off, um, which made Blackjaw because Blackjaw wasn't on the flank anyway pushed him back even further and kept him kind of out of the range of people which is the symbol of this entire game getting somebody taken out get pushed two um, hexes back and then finding out they can't do very much with Blackjaw's range two maximum isn't he with his fireball yeah he's only speed two with a range two of fireball and once he's in the mix he can get he can get a bonus action for killing followers he can really live the dream but if he's a bit out of range he his firepower and output drops a lot doesn't it yeah especially if he's against um, Rangosh's followers and Rangosh kills them all um, you can <laughs> leave them surra- stranded going oh I don't know how to do anything now um, so that was turn two which I, I won um, from a black draw yeah I won it on more steps than the world spaces well in turn two you scored two banners you took out all three of my champions yeah yeah <laughs> um, it was brutal turn three um, I used my followers um, from Titus to surround Rodri to keep him out of the way um, Blackjaw kind of moved up, um, planted, a banner, planted a banner on the heart on the on the um, on his flank and moved up. Um, one blaze banner was also there. So as I mentioned earlier on this podcast, basically in this turn, effectively I had one banner placed by by Rangosh. You had two banners down, one yeah. from a guardian, so you were up on steps in the bank. Mm-hmm. So we had to score some kills to push it up. So in that turn. Um, you, you, you miscalculated the change to Rangosh so with Whiplash I could pull you into any hex adjacent to Rangosh yeah. so rather moving him in a straight line towards him I kind of because my, my, my followers were in the way of Blackjaw so basically I pulled Blackjaw over my followers yeah he used a range new power to essentially move Jack Blackjaw was... Blackjaw ate most of his own units which also meant that Blackjaw wouldn't get steps from killing them and then he headbutted Blackjaw and didn't kill him no he left him on two health left but, but then my elves with their um my followers my misswood rangers as they're called because they've got a range 2 attack and they can move sorry, sorry a range 3 attack and they can move 2 uh, they moved up there's 2 of them so it was a 5 rest attack plus 1 because the hunter ability I mean they get all my dice on damage rolls so it was 6 rest attack against him I think he had 1 win left 2 yeah, wins left. left so yeah he took him so 6 rest roll against armor 3 armor 4 armor 4 um, so armor 3, 3 sorry armor 3 so yeah took him out um, and then you surrounded Lorze and she was basically had she had some of Mornblade's um, followers on one side and the Orcs on the other who swung at her more than once but couldn't get through a dodge yeah the Orcs missed her twice um, one damage with the Nightshade blades thing. a miscalculation on your part really and, and my part as well I didn't notice it later on as well basically she was able to fire a piercing shot onto uh, Mornblade taking him out one go scoring two steps and that was basically it yeah basically the, the turn ended with um Rodri's dwarf um, household guard killing one follower to let Rodri have one swing at Lorzane but 
Or if, it, if he hit it, he killed her. Doesn't do very much. Axie four against dodge five. Yeah, it's pretty horrendous. Um, could have gone against Titus. Maybe I should have done that instead. So, should we go into how we think the characters are balance wise? Yeah, should we go for yours first? I'll start with Rodri. Um, with the changes to how banners work, I think Rodri's ultimate is much much weaker than used. Yeah, to. because his ultimate, yeah, um, he basically does his ultimate on a banner. Is it with a two from the banner? So move enemies within two he- um, hexes of Rodri's banner up to two hexes away from his banner. So he plans a banner and enemies within two hexes of him can put, get pushed two away. So it's only so he's, first of all, he's got to plant the banner. Then people have to be so he's either got to move to where a newer banner where they are and plant one, or they've got to move closer to it and then he's got to in his turn ultimate. It's just without the banner staying around, I think it's just really hard to pull off and it's not powerful enough. For an ultimate that struggles to get pulled off. Yeah, now his ultimate can require two actions to work, and because banners vanish at the end of the turn, mm. I think it's made it significantly worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, thing was in that list because he was taken out by some ultimate burning by me. At first, I thought burning two ultimates to kill one champion once may be worth it, but it wasn't against him because he was slow enough that it really. Ruined yeah, his he day. Really to have another thing, he didn't do anything again. And he wasn't able to do, do his job as a guardian really that much. No, especially not in the case scenarios. The zones move around too much. If it was growth, it might be different. Um, and like his ultimate might be better in a different scenario. But a two hex push. Lots of people have two hex push um, in actions, uh, and that's so. Yeah, I, just, I don't think I think he needs to have work done. I don't think he does what he does. Um, and he he's he's slow. He's extremely slow when he gets knocked down um, because he only gets one action left. Uh, especially he gets knocked down in the pot phase, he gets to move one one hex. Uh, <laughs> um, his march makes goes up a bit to changing that. However, that's an action, so um, his armor's nice, but I don't think he's tanky enough to be that slow these days. Um, I think he maybe need his, needs his his um, old guardian ability of not being pushed as much. Not being pushed by much or standing up free. Something else, um, yeah. I think I think he needs relooking at um, because Hoy hits pretty hard, and it's very hard to kill if you have to roll dice against him. Yeah, but well, anybody you know to roll dice against is a good kill. Um, then we got Blackjaw. Um, I don't know. I didn't play Blackjaw very well. I don't think we saw his full potential. So I'm, I'm also, you're scared about him getting many steps at once by um, killing my followers. He's slower than I thought he was in the cra- uh, Clash must be too. I just think he had a bad matchup in that game. I think you had a few a few ones in that game that had bad matchups. So I thought we can. Oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not going through them. I, I would not take these three as a as a war band again. Um, in combination with each other. In, in combination, uh, I think Mornblade needs a, either a Slayer or a really dedicated Killy person um, because he gets taken out really easily against Lorzain, for example. And his best bet to get back up again is somebody killing somebody. Well, I think if you're doing, if you're doing counter picks. If that's how the game works, um, I don't. It's almost worth not taking him against Lorraine or, or deploying him far away from her. Yes, well, I think if you're doing counter picks, I think choosing Lorraine to go first as your first pick um, is very high because she's very good. Um, she's flexible as well, isn't she? She's flexible. She has, you know, different range options, different accuracy options. The auto wound power, her piercing shot, is great because you can put wounds on a champion and almost like bank those wounds to get a kill in a turn that you want to win um, 
Yes, it's very good. So who, uh, who else? Um, um, Tottenham more, Hornblade. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed his ultimate, actually. Uh, I had all of my guys were dead. All my so it's changed now, hasn't it, a little bit? Yeah. So now you remove all your nightshades from the battlefield. Then you place three nightshades on hexes within four hexes of Morblade. Um So I used it mostly as a mass recruit power. I had only one hex blade left. Took them off the battlefield. Placed three more um, within four hexes. So they got to have a big move and be recruited all in one go. Um, so I thought that was very good. Um, I didn't really get him in combat again, which is hard to say how much he does. His memory having one wound is very interesting, but getting pushed two squares with only got one health is like, ah. His followers are very strong. In the port phase, his followers can get him up. His, his followers are very strong. Armor four and a follower is, is, is very it's good. It's really good. I mean, several times I attacked them with champions and they just bounced off them. Yeah. Um, Titus failed to kill several, didn't he? Yeah, he, Titus used his ultimate and bounced. It was very interesting. Um, however, his followers are very strong and they're very good janky, but they don't do very much. Physically do very much. They, don't, they have a lot of impact on the battlefield, but they won't get done, stuff done. I think that's what they do. That's the thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Also, the auto-wound, they, they, they can effectively kill one of their own units to auto-wound someone. That's a bit powerful in itself. You have to roll the hit. Okay, yeah. You just, yeah, um, but is, yeah well, one wound damage is, is very important. And one of the big things we've disco- um, we're coming to realise is spreading damage on champions and then choosing what battle round to kill them on is becoming very important. Yeah, because at first, like, I was in the sort of mindset I'm in D&D and other games where you want to focus fire but actually, if you if you have wounds on other champions, you can go next turn. I can win that turn, and in turn, winning turn two or turn three, especially, especially turn three. Mm. So if you kind of in turn two, maybe turn one if you can do, just put some wounds around, and then go. Well, turn three, I've got to do only a few wounds here and there to kill you. It's very hard to put wounds on people if you don't have Lorzain in your list. Um, turn one. Yeah. Nobody else has that sort of range. Yeah, because the red bandits have auto wound, but not at that much range, is it? Yeah. Um, so ideally you want to win a turn by only one or two steps so there's no point winning a turn by eight steps by having two kills unless the killer's pushing them away which is important but yeah especially when you can then on the flip side next turn get some easy kills and easy steps yeah I mean if you, getting a kill and overkilling can be worth it to, for the action loss can't it further from banding a banner next phase and stuff well it can be it's just not necessarily yes yeah. alright uh, my guys I guess um, I guess the Titus first because he's in my, in my hand um his ultimate is very strange. I'm not sure how good it is. Um, Path of Destruction, he uses skill action, moves a hex, uses another one. First of all, he's only got two skill actions in one phase, so it kind of means he moves and uses both. And the activation order feels weird. I'm not sure whether it's because I missed with his attacks or not. <laughs> I kind of, it kind of means he can sort of move forward and sort of cut through people. And Yeah, if it, if it was let, you could use a skill action you already used... It'd be more. It'd be obvious, more obvious how powerful it is. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about it to be honest. Um, his superiority power, which he has all the time as a trait, gives him plus one, plus one um, dodge and um, armor one against small models. It's very good. I think really help, helps him um, bounce um, those sort of follower hits. Especially now, follower hits seem to be more damaging. Um, his attacks are you know damaging and fairly accurate, so they're good multi-use attacks against followers or um, champions and his followers themselves you know they oh, we, let's talk about his most broken pack. oh of course yes uh, I'll just find the card um, so Titus in the plot phase has a power which I've now lost in the professional podcast that I am here we are um, so Titus has a power which Dan thinks is broken and Dan is correct and think of that <laughs> um, 
I see his, his, his wedding, so I was going to argue. Um, it's his power in the plot phase is called. Well, first of all, he's got challenge, which I've never, I've never used, uh, which is range two. He picks a enemy model. They suffer two blights of my choice. Then Titus takes one. I guess it's not terrible, especially if you're going to go first in the clash phase uh, to debuff someone. Anyway, I kill you all. So it is a action. It's got range of three. Move all models in range that are from a single enemy follow unit two hexes. So if a unit is in three of him, he can move in two hexes. It's auto hit. So several times your dwarf followers moved near Titus, and he just well Titus near moved them near them, and he just pushed them away. And whilst he probably would have hit them if he had to roll a hit, because it's two things I don't like about this power. Uh, the two two hex push is fine as an effect. It's a bit like landslides earthquake. Um, you don't roll to hit, and it affects multiple hexes. So you can have five followers in five separate different hexes. As long as three of them, yeah. As long as three of them, and everybody moves, and that just seems like a massive bomb um, for free. I think um, auto hit powers, um, and it's also in the plot phase where he's not doing anything else anyway. Um, no. That's the key thing, um, and you used it to push people away. What you never used it for was to uh, drag people in. Yeah, and and set up the hexes around him so he can do his attack two different hexes and then one hex, mm-hmm. and live the dream of getting you know loads of steps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very versatile. I think it was it was if it was lower range, it would be really good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was range two. Well, I, think it, I think it was range two, or you know, I think it used to be very powerful. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that's him. I think Rangosh is in a good place his ultimate is very nice uh, move two hexes place two wounds on target obviously really good to use in, in the plot phase yes um, because then you can do that then do a two attack especially if you've got if you're going to go first um, yeah I think it's great now I think um, I think Brutal Master his, his trait allows him to kill his own follow unit basically one model destroyed to get one more dice having a range of three is very nice because before being limited range men his followers can sit at the back edge yeah um I think he's in a good place. I think his he is a scary death machine, like he should be. But he doesn't seem massively overpowered now. Well, if you get through his dodge of four um, armor two six health, isn't no, isn't very much particularly at all. hard to kill. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a very good place. Um, Lorzane is interesting. She is a really good toolbox now. Um, her dodge of five is spectacular. But if you get through it, of course, armor one, six wounds isn't great. No. However, the, the most damaging attacks have lower accuracy. Yeah, so I didn't, in this game, I didn't actually use Mystic Hour once, which is a clash phase attack, which is the best one for damage, which is range two, actually three, damage five, after its damages, after the damage roll, sorry, make another five drive damage roll. So basically, we get two five drive damage rolls if you hit the first one. I did do that because. I was chipping wounds off you and I didn't want to risk the miss also you didn't need to in one action you chipped the wound off Rodri and then killed him in the plot phase the next one you just killed Blackjaw and so in the third action um, you surrounded by you killed Mornblade uh. later, later on later on that turn I couldn't do my combo because I was surrounded by orcs basically do a sniper piercing shot move forward Mr. Caro move back yes um, but do you think she's uh, OP I think she's one of the most powerful combat characters for sure um, she's a slayer of course but uh, she yeah borderline borderline I think she's I, I got a feeling she's the most powerful combat character in, in many ways 
uh, currently, by gut feeling. Um, how you compare to that to a shaper controller version? I don't know. That's a game design point of view. I think. Um, I'd rather have heard the Rangosh. I think. I think this game showed the importance of shapers in terms of the ability to move people around. And I think you having two guardians and no ability to control the battlefield in terms of movement was quite significant. I didn't have a list that I worked out that um, synergies for. So they all alternated very three separate heroes, two of them very slow. And as soon as any effects changed their ability to do something, they had no option to do something. Now, they might have options to do something, I just missed them. But certainly, you know, in my one playthrough, I had with them. Very much so. Um, some capability to control very important movement is king um, at the end of the day I was discussing this earlier with Andrew when you are going to hit somebody you are generally now generally is a big word um, just in range to do something either next to somebody so you can hit them twice or you're just within your movement range to attack somebody so if you get pushed just one hex that's it your entire turn is com- can be completely wasted that's why I knock out so significant isn't it because um, you lose you lose at least one attack yeah, I Maybe mean, you, you lose an attack and your two hexes away. Probably both of them, So yeah. you probably lose both your attacks. Having been pushed two squares due to a power, again, can be, that's it. You're not doing anything else this turn. Or you can't do what you need to do, so you lose the step, you lose the turn. Um, so having a, a list that had no, not very many pushing powers, uh, Rodri's got one, um, but Rodri doesn't really want to push things away too much. He was also pushed away t- early game. Never, he never got to hit anything, got to hit anything yeah. <laughs> Um, it's very important. It's very, it's very big. I think um, controlling and pushing is where the game's at. Uh, and my list certainly didn't do any of that. And what it did do didn't counter what you'd had of it. So, assuming you saw my list there of Rangosh, Lorzane, and um, Titus, who do you? Who would I use against it? Yeah, assuming we could do duplicates as well. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I would have Wraith Marid. Th- well. I think so. I feel Wraith and Raid will still do a lot in this game, um, even with banners not lasting very long. I think he's good anyway, isn't he? Because um, his ultimate's very powerful as well. Crushing banners is very important. His ultimate's very great. Yeah. Um, even while crushing banners doesn't score you anything, it's still very important. Um, it's still huge, isn't it? Yeah. So I might consider something like Wraith, Marid, Shale, maybe Rodri, maybe Lorzane, um, maybe Titus, but probably not, not against your you took. Um, yeah, let's say Wraith and Ridge Shale and Lord Lane. I think Blackjaw is good. I think I just don't think he had a good had a much luck. We've been taken out by one good hit early early in the turn, which didn't see coming because his followers oh, are yeah, spectacular. No, I, I mean, they're they're so fast they can really wall areas off and control areas. I played I played Black, um, Blackjaw very wrong. So what I've tended to do in all the games of God here so far is have your champion and their followers ro- pretty close together. Um, I think Blackjaw and his orcs can work out very separately from each other. So the orcs can just run off six squares in the first plot phase and do something, while Blackjaw goes hunts the right targets. Now, in that game, Blackjaw's right target was Titus's minions. Um, and I think he would have done very well against Titus's minions, because Titus doesn't do very much against him. Um, and the orcs are off harrowing Rangosh or something. And I think that would have been a much better matchup, um, but that's not what I did. Because um, Blackjaw oh, struggles against the human bandits because they'll die <laughs> and then he's done that second game we played where Blackjaws faced off and ended up being against them 
and has sort of got his axe in his hand, looking at me gleeful, and suddenly go pop, 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 pop. It's like, hey, yeah. you're like all my steps are gone. It's worth in that in that respect. It's worth Rangosh just going Nova, killing all your own bandits. Well, he did. He killed three of them to kill Blackjaw, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Blackjaw can't do anything because um, he's got nothing to kill. Yeah. Um, you might struggle next ter- next turn, but if there isn't going to be a next turn because you've stopped Blackjaw getting six steps, there we go. Yeah. I think that's probably a podcast, I think. Anything else to say? Uh, no, I'm good, thank you. Uh, okay, um, thank you for listening to episode seven, if you did. Um, and um, I'll say goodbye to you, and I'm sure I'll talk to you again after the next Wars version. Um, so day or two. There will be a slight gap, because we're going to be away um, for May. Most of May is going to be turned off, but we'll try and get one episode in, maybe. Um, maybe play a game of Vengeance. That's very possible. Yeah. Might play something else. Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, thank you. Say bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. Thank you.